We're back. It's the TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith in Austin, Texas. Joe Linehan is in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, um, hey, Joe, where you been, man? Like I've been, I've been trying to do this podcast all the time, and you just keep blowing me off. That is absolutely incorrect. It is. James. Oh, that's true. So, and uh, was it? Um, yeah, just uh, you know, life gets busy, but uh, we're going to get back on a little bit more of a of a regular yeah routine. I don't know if we're ever going to go back to every week, but definitely. Uh, at least probably once a month. Well, so. let's talk about that. And today what we're going to talk about, there's a bunch of stuff we need to catch up on. There's stuff this weekend, high school state championships, the Austin College uh, ruse in California at Division Three championships. A bu- uh, we're going to have an interview with Mark Lawrence. There's a bunch of stuff coming up on the calendar. But we wanted to talk to everybody about what it is our plans are, kind of. It's a, not a formal thing. Um, it's just to re- just the pandemic really gave us a bunch of time and a lot of motivation to do some stuff that we're honestly, we're pretty proud of. Like we went over the history of water polo in Texas, like nobody else has ever done it. All that stuff is out there. Podcasts, videos, articles, all that stuff. It's all out there. I'm super proud of it. But as you can tell, we've been slowing down. We had, we, I think the last time we signed off, I said, you know, we'll talk to you next week. And now it's been five weeks, you know, but life is intervening. And so we're probably going to do this once a month. Uh, although we might, do one after state championships next week. That'd be a bit of an exception, but you know, Joe's got a young, young boy that he's got to take care of and stuff's happening for both of us. We're not blaming it on him. We're not. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. It's his fault. No, you are. You are. You are blaming it on him. You made that choice. You made that. You ruined the podcast by having a child. So, (laughs) um, so, but life happens as you said. And, uh, and so we're slowing down a little bit and there you go. So, um, we wanted to thank you for all of your support over that period of time, but also let you know, that things are going to change here a little bit. No big deal, right? And we might and we might be back up once it becomes during the first QL season. So we will see. I could see that happening. Yeah, like that. The motivation and the time uh, opens up a little bit because we have to coach a little bit less and so on and so forth. So there you go. That's what's going to happen. Um, we're uh, Joe is heading down to state championships this weekend. Make sure to come and drop by and say hello to McCoy in particular. But uh, say hello, and then uh, we'll maybe report on that afterward. Maybe not, but uh, that's that's the plan. So there's lots of stuff upcoming, but um, we're going to change a bit the pace of what's going on on the site. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and I'm and I'm and I'm looking forward to the trip this weekend. I mean, it's this the this is the fiftieth. And last, Tisca Water Pool. Isn't that State weird? It sounds so yeah. strange. It sounds so final. And that, you, and but we, you know, knowing full well, it's just going to start up again in the fall. But that's, it's really a point of pride. I think. I mean, I, I I'm not a native, but uh, from the t- perspective of Texas water polo, the fact that this has been going in a very robust manner in a club setting for over for 50 years is incredible. It's incredible. Oh yeah, I mean, and it's and it looks like it's going to be a great tournament. There's probably three or four teams on both sides that can win the whole thing, and there might be even a sleeper here or there. So um, I'm looking forward to, to watching some games and uh, you know, and kind of enjoying it and taking it kind of, kind of all in. So here and are, not having yeah. to do streaming. <laughs> you didn't you didn't like that, huh? I, we did that. I, last year. And our 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 experiment last year did not go very well. So there's gonna be no streaming this year. So I didn't think us. it was that bad. I thought it was fine. It was fun. Uh, Janai liked it. He was good. A good company, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, but on the girls' side, you know, you have um, you have the Bridgeland girls are going to be strong. You got the Foster girls, you got this, you got the Side Creek girls. Those are all the stronger teams from the Houston area. And then, of course, you got Flower Mound and South Lake and Guyer from North Texas. 
and then there's going to be a couple of strong teams from uh, the, like the West Region with this with the Cedar Ridge and Round Rock and Alma Heights. So there's a there's a ton of teams. So yep. it's going to be a lot of good games on on the girls side. You mentioned those teams. Here's the regional winners: um, uh, Austin High School f- boys from the West, Strake, Dawson, and St. Mark's. Those are names that were pretty common. Austin's a newcomer to that top spot. Um, so I'm I'm of course rooting for them as being part of the West. Um, obviously, I have a bunch of uh, my uh, club girls on the Round Rock High School girls. They upset. Cedar Ridge in the final for the West, so I'm very proud of that. Um, but looking forward to all of those teams doing well from the West, obviously. And then Foster, Flower Mound, and Side Creek were regional winners. But like you said, there's these other teams, you know, Brazoswood and others that are that have made their mark this season and wouldn't be surprising at all if they advanced. Yeah, I mean, no, it's no, it's uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a ton of fun. And um, was it on the boys' side? You know, you have like you have like the normal teams that are going to be strong, like Straight Jesuit and um, Dawson from Houston, yep. um, and then you know from uh, from and Brazoswood, by the way, too. From yeah, yeah, from Lake Jackson, mm-hmm. and then of course you got the North Texas, you got the uh, like the South Lake Flower Mountain and the St. Mark's teams. They're going to be strong, and then um, I I think Austin and uh, and like the Alma Heights and um, the West Ranger teams are going to be are going to be strong as well. So I mean, it's good to see. I think the like the parity is uh, is kind of is kind of seeping in throughout the state now. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's just going to build once we get into the UIL in the fall of 2022. So we um, we didn't write this down, but you know, you and I were both at West Region Championships, and the remarkable thing to me. Was, and James was the head referee, by the way. I was the head referee. I was awesome. So, so, yeah. so, so I did not make any bad calls whatsoever. Not one. Not even when I excluded a dude who was on offense because I was just losing my mind. Um, that was a that was, <laughs> that was a, an afterthought. Um, the that I just thought the number of teams was just stunning to me. You know, so I've been around here since 2011 ish, right? And West Region has really fluctuated a lot. And then all you know, obviously, it's all gearing up to UIL. But just to see all these teams that are now participating is just incredible. I mean, teams from Buda and Kyle and San Marcos and places that just didn't have any presence at all before it's just such a great sign and and also the like like the different teams from the rio grande valley there were yeah. 19 boys teams and 14 girls teams from the red, from the west region which was great last year there were 10 and 9 right fantastic it was great so and, and there's a and there were a ton of teams that aren't playing in the west region at the west region champs so there's probably another 20 uh boys and girls teams that did not participate yeah this so fun. um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun there's a ton of teams playing there's gonna be a ton of of good water polo there'll be a ton of bad water polo this yep. upcoming fall but there's gonna be a ton of of kind of, of a ton of high school water polo it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a blast so yeah the the um you know because these guys are and they are guys mostly not all of them but the the swim coaches that are working on these high school water polo teams and they have a lot to learn and i say that because they admit it and they need to and so it was really cool because they got a chance while they're at this tournament to basically pick up some things about what you know how this all goes and i'm like very very encouraging stuff i'm really excited about that so yeah and it's all in and at the western chips obviously it, it is building up to this upcoming weekend and we just want to wish uh, good luck to all the boys and girls that teams that are playing this yeah this weekend um and we hope that it like we hope that the 50th tisca water polo championship is going to be the best one so i i 
completely agree. University of Houston, um, that's a very nice facility, and it kicks off on Friday morning, 8.30 a.m., Cedar Ridge Girls versus South Lake Carroll and Friendswood versus Side Creek at the same time. And then, holy crow, it's just a – although, you know, it ends at 5.40. For some reason, I thought it ended later than that on Saturday, uh, on Friday. So that's a very decent time. They must have swim practice or something like that after that. And um, if you need to see the schedule, go to tiscaonline.org. No. And – Go to txwaterpolo.com and look at un- under events. You can do both. Okay. You can do both. You can do both. And uh, was it um, and they had like the schedules there. There's gonna be some live results. There's gonna be some live stats, and um, yeah, just kind of and kind of good luck to Coach Ty Alford and his crew that are, that is hosting this weekend as well, because I know it's not easy to do that stuff. So no, best of luck to everybody involved. Absolutely. Um, okay. Um, so we, uh, you will be down there. You'll be reporting from there and then hopefully we'll talk about it next week. In the meantime, our good friends up in uh, Sherman have in so, cause we haven't covered it very much, you know, but in some ways it's been a very quietly, but massively successful season, successful season for Austin college. They went off to Pennsylvania and just, uh, you know, took it took everybody to the woodshed at the CWP championships for division three. They are repeat champions, um, in, and beating, uh, this is an interesting outcome because they beat Augustana, which is a first year program to win the CWPA championship. And by doing so, they are now headed to California tomorrow. Wait, is tomorrow uh, Thursday? No, Friday. No, tomorrow. They're heading to California tomorrow to participate in the first ever women's division three championship in California. So uh, really a, a phenomenal season. We'll have Mark Lawrence on here in a moment and uh, you can, can uh, recap the entire season, but really something special. Yeah, and this is a USA Water Polo sponsored event. Um, it is the two top teams from the Skyac Conference, two top teams from the CWPA are going out to the Skyac Champions Pool, which is in this case Pomona Pitzer. Um, and you're going to have the first place team from the Skyac playing the second place team from the CWPA. So Austin College is going to get to play Whittier this upcoming weekend, which yep. is going to be great. Yep. And there's a ton of Texas kids playing in this tournament. A ton. I mean, obviously, you got a, a bunch of kids from, uh, yeah, from Texas playing for Austin College, but you have two or three kids on the Pomona Pitzer team. You have two or three kids on the Augustana team. Yep. There, are, I don't think there's any Texas kids on the Whittier team, but historically, there's been a ton of Texas kids playing for Whittier. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is this is this is great, and um, yeah, I mean, again, kind of congrats to Mark Lawrence and his crew that kind of had a had a wonderful season. But yeah, I mean, it's. I hope they, I hope they finish with a bang this weekend. So yeah, I mean, it's all supposed to be streamed um, via Pomona Pitzer. I believe that's correct, um, and it, we'll put a link to that. We'll make an event out of it as well, so that you can see. Um, but oh, I'm so re- I mean, you know, I got nothing against Whittier whatsoever. There's Whittier has a long connection with Texas, which is awesome. But can you imagine Austin upsetting them in the first round? That'd be just phenomenal. So very much looking forward to that. I don't necessarily think it's going to be an upset you if don't? they end up winning. Okay. No. I think Austin College is a legit team, and I think they can go and win this tournament this weekend. You think they can win the tournament? I think that's going to be a stretch, but I, you can't. Nobody will be rooting for them more than me to to do so. I think they're. Uh, it's just a great story. A great story. Four years. It's taken four years, and here they are in a national championship tournament. Why Fantastic. not them, and why not now? Why not them? Why not now? Where's that come from? That hockey movie? I don't know. I am sure it's some movie. So 
Okay. Um, I think that's it for the first segment. Do I, or am I missing something? Well, just the last thing also this weekend as a footnote is the women's NCAA championship oh, as well. Yeah, that is a footnote. It's pretty so, funny. But no, no, it's definitely not a footnote. But yeah, the best that I'd like the Division One uh, uh, kind of women's championship is also this weekend. Um, US, um, just go to NCAA.com and, there, and that's also going to be on ESPNU on Sunday afternoon. Oh, it's you found be, out. Okay. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be playing. And you'll have Greg Meskel and say. Uh, and uh, uh, Brenda V is going to be on that that's that championship's back on TV, TV for the first time in a long long time. So yeah, University of Michigan, not in California for a change. So that's good. Yeah, exactly. So, so you yeah, can check out. Yeah. Check out that tournament bracket. I mean, uh, it's an interesting set of results. You know what really knocked me over was. Um, uh, Salem won the WWPA championship and I and th- this is how out of it I have been recently I'm like Salem's in the WWPA and then yep they did they won that last year as well and WWPA is where UC San Diego has been for you know over well over a decade and so I thought wait this is weird um, but yeah it has changed so much you UC San Diego in the Big West and uh, Fresno winning their division so we got two Texans on that team so it's a going to be a very very interesting tournament um, and, uh, and luckily it'll be on TV as well so very good but yeah that's it for the first segment we will be back in just a moment all of tx water polo is brought to you advertising free and we'd like to keep it that way so we're asking for your help show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the lone star state Hi, this is Natalie Benson, and you are listening to a podcast about water polo in Texas. James and Joe back with you, TX Water Polo Podcast. Um, the, uh, we just got done with a tournament down in Houston. And uh, we can talk about that now. That was tags. But my gosh, there's so much stuff coming up in the next, really, three months, four months. It is a jam-packed schedule, Joe. Like, what are you going to do? It's definitely not December of 2020. But yeah, so um, the Tags Water Polo Champs was this past weekend. So congrats to all the division winners there. You had had St. Mark's won the 8th grade and under mixed. You had Thunder won the 8th grade and under girls. Um, I believe it was... Thunder also won the the sixth grade and under mixed. Um, there was a twelve U uh, kind of kind of B division as well. Mm-hmm. That was that was Pegasus White won that. And then Pegasus also won the ten U game that we had. We only had a couple ten U teams, but the big thing is we had thirty seven teams right playing at tags. The most we've ever had before this year was twenty four. Yeah, it's amazing. So um, we had a ton of teams it was in it was it was in angleton texas great facility three courses going we had 75 total games we could not have had one more team enter we would not have had the time but um just congrats to all the teams i mean water bowl's growing so it's just growing and growing houston hydra it's one of those things you show up to a terminal go like who's houston hydra it's like a, it's a brand new part i mean it's not brand new anymore it's just we haven't faced them so i went there and saw them and then a little shout out here uh tom andrew my colleague at, Lo- at longhorn brought a team of high school baseball and basketball or high school middle school 
baseball and basketball players from St. Stephen's, called them Spartans. They got third in their bracket. So it was really, really fun to watch those guys have such a good time. Uh, you guys, uh, Alamo got second, by the way. But Spartans got third in that bracket, and that was just really fun to watch. Them and Houston Hydra. Yeah, and and uh, that was that that was hosted by the Southwest Zone, but also the co- like the local host was the Viper Pigeons. So so a big a big shout out to Scott Slay and yep. yeah and, and his crew. They did a great job of hosting. Um, and you know, this tournament now tags is going to be it's going to flip mm. because tags follows the high school season. Yep, it's already flipped once. It flipped from two thousand seven two thousand eight to. It was the fall of 2007, and then it was the spring of 2009. Mm. So this year, it's flipping the opposite. It's going from the spring of 2022 to the fall of 2022. So tags will now be fall of 2022, starting this, this next school year. It's an exceptional year that there'll be two tags championships, just like high school championships. But from now on, it's it's uh, it's going to be in the fall. So yeah, something Correct. to keep in mind. Correct. All right, um, and then we'll have to replace it with something next spring. So. Yeah, something. I'm sure you'll for come all, up with something, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For all age groups, so sure you will find something to do. Um, and then we have a, and then we have a ton of stuff coming on. I like, and I know you love this stuff, but we have the Texas <laughs> Coach Academy coming yeah. up on May. That's gonna be, that's gonna be, that's great because it's a because it's gonna be basically six sessions, with the first session being May. Yeah, it's gonna be May 14th, 15th. In yeah, like in person at the CFISD and auditorium. Oh no kidding. Right. Um, and then there's gonna be four Zoom sessions, and then the last session is gonna be the Wednesday before JO's uh, session three. And this is just we're gonna to try to get as many coaches involved as possible. We got John Abdu, we got Jack Coker, we got Drew Clute, we have Ian Davidson coming in. Um, that same weekend, there's a special ODP camp that's going to happen on on both on both May 14th and May 15th. With those same coaches are going to work with those kids, hmm. um, so it's going to be it's going to be great. Um, you got the Tony Azevedo camp that's happening the like the 6A camp in North Texas on the 20th and 20 or the 21, 22. Then you got the Welcome to Texas Shootout, which is the first big kind of summer tournament that'll be that was in September in 21. That'll be in back on its normal kind of kind of Memorial Day weekend here in 22 in San Antonio then, yeah yeah and then um then we're just going in then we got the NJO Qualls along with the Southwest Zone Festival that'll all be the June 10th 11th 12th weekend in Northwest Houston also at the CFISD Natatorium we have the Texas Referee Academy which is going to be on June 4th and 5th so then we have the Endless Summer Classic at the end of June then we have the Suns Out Guns Out then we have JOs okay you got to go back to JO Qualls though Jo Qualls and but you you uh, you buried the lead there Southwest Zone Festival, which me which is new. I didn't bury the lead. I knew you were going to come and out. Yeah. Oh, you did. So. Okay. Uh, <laughs> nice radio. Um, I still call it radio. That's how old I am. So um, that is a new addition, and that is what what is that? Because it's at the same time as Junior Olympic qualifying. Um, what it's going to be is um, obviously we're going to have our qualifier for teams that want to go to session one and session two. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to have a separate tournament um, called the Southwest Zone Festival that'll be on the Saturday Sunday only. That um, that teams can yeah that teams can play in. Um, in addition, like so like if your team's not going to session one session two, there's going to be another tournament that you can go play at. Right. So this so is for the teams that are a, just headed straight to Dallas. Or yeah, or teams that aren't on the doubt. Right. Okay. Yep. So um, and be honest with you. So like, so let's say there's only three. So if there's four or more teams 
in a specific division that's trying to qualify for division for, for the session one and session two, they will play Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the qualifier. Mm-hmm. If there's three or less teams that are trying to qualify, they will play on Friday only mm. for the qualifier. And then they'll be automatically kind of entered into the Southwest Zone Festival. Oh, interesting. All right. So therefore, it makes their their weekend worth it to go play. So day so one is the, essentially a seeding round robin, something like that. Yeah, I mean, but that's only if there's three or less. Right. So 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 therefore, everybody gets an opportunity to play. Yeah. And it's going to be a little confusing this first year, but you know, because this whole kind of session one, session two, session three thing is a bit confusing. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, we just want to, we want to provide everybody an opportunity to play that weekend. We don't want people to have a hole in, in, in their schedule. And, um, this is going to be an opportunity to play and also an opportunity to make sure that the host, the CFWPC is going to have plenty of teams and can, uh, cause this is a big, this is a big fundraiser for them that they have plenty of teams and they're going to be able to, to make it work. So it's going to be fun. Well, it addresses a question that I was getting from the moment that we found out that, uh, you know, that teams could just go directly to Dallas. And then they, the, the next question was, okay, well, do, are we going to J.O. Qualls? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how that's going to work. So this is the answer to that question is that this offers an opportunity for them to play. But it's like you said, they don't have to, but it, it does give them something to do. We're going, that's for sure. I'll tell you that. No, 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 of course. I mean, teams, teams, teams want to play. Um, Suns Out, Guns Out is going to be so big that it might be split between clubs. Is that the rumor? Um, I don't know. I think they're talking back and forth a little bit. Like that, that might be the first real weekend that we have a tournament that has 18 16s in in one location mm. and hosted by a club, and then we have then we have the 14 12s in a separate location hosted by a separate club. Got it. Okay. So we haven't done that very often. Um, that might be the future. So that's there's still talk back and forth about that right now. But that's probably going to be the future moving forward for a lot of our tournaments, especially if we have 37 just of the younger kid teams. Amazing. And then and all of a sudden you add in the 18s and 16s, unless unless you have a club that wants to host like a six or seven course tournament, there's just not going to be enough pool space. Right. So we're going to split it up a little bit, which is fine. That spreads the wealth, and it's not all on this one club. Though yeah, yeah, you get a host. So. It's going to be, I mean, the biggest thing is we want to keep providing opportunities for kids to play. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that's great news. Um, and then um, this, do we know when, for example, for the, uh, session three for the Dallas tournament, we, do we know locations already? I mean, they're generally speaking the same as last year from, I think, yeah. you and I discussing that you know, yeah, a while I mean, ago. Yeah, it's, it's basically the same. We're going to add a couple new pools to mm-hmm. some new nice pools. Um, but it's basically the same location. But you know, you, everybody will get the like the um, well, like the schedule in yeah in, in July because like the deadline to enter is going to be uh, like in in June, and then we have to put together the schedule. Um, but yeah, it's going to be. I think it won't be like necessarily the exact same as last year because instead of having the eighteen sixteen boys go to Garland, they might go to to South Lake or something like that, and have okay. the girls go to Garland or or kind of and kind of move some people around. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I've been hearing through the grapevine that a ton of teams are coming to session three to the yep. point where we're, Joe, can you get some more pools? So I'm trying to work on getting wow. some more pools. Um, and I think it's not, it's not just going to be just outside of California teams. It's going to be a ton of in California teams that are that's coming great. out here as well. Yeah, that's really so, cool. So, um, I think it's going to be a very high level tournament. It's going to be great for the teams that are playing. And I think 
you know, we may not have as many teams going out to session one and session two that we had in 2019. But I think overall, we're going to have the most teams ever playing at JOs from the Southwest Zone. I believe that completely. Absolutely. Um, and I heard, uh, I listened to, the, I don't, you, you went on the podcast, the Nearside Low podcast out of Missouri. I don't know how long ago it was. It's been over a year. It was a very pandemic-y thing. And I heard them talking about it as well. And it sounds to me like the, there's a, a strong drive amongst teams from the Midwest to also come to Dallas. So yeah, I, I've heard sort of the same stuff. It's like, it's, I, I didn't hear so much about the California teams that were coming. So that's very cool, good news. But uh, I think they know where it's at. Dallas is where you should be going. So I'm really, really looking forward to that very much yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 gonna be a lot of work and i thank all the local hosts kind of beforehand but um it's gonna be a lot of fun though that went, um, that went well that, last year well you know we hope that it's gonna go even better this year i do too absolutely because it went well because everybody was just happy to be there and there were a lot of clubs that hadn't been at a tournament in a year and a half absolutely so you know now it's like okay people have been playing so and we did a good job last year, so the bar has been set. And I, and I do believe that we're gonna we're not just gonna meet what we did last year. We're gonna exceed that by a far margin. So. I I buy, I buy that completely. Um, and then you and I were also talking about how collegiate coaches really like this because they can you know it's a little bit closer, it's a little bit cheaper. They get to see some really good talent. Um, so I I don't know this, but I can fully expect that the crowd of collegiate coaches is going to be as big, if not bigger. Yeah, and and I bet there's gonna be some coaches, some collegiate coaches coming this weekend too to the yep. Texas High School State Championship. So yeah, people people know about Texas now. So, they really and, do. Um, and a big thank you to all the kids that came before that kind of kind of set the foundation for kids from Texas going to play college water polo. Um, and uh, and the people that are gonna go play uh, now are gonna be laying the foundation for the kids that are just picking up the ball for the first time and as like ten year olds. And there are lots of them. Yep. Uh, okay. Anything else? I think we're going to get out of here and talk to Mark Lawrence. No, all good. All good. Uh, we'll be right back with Austin college head coach, Mark Lawrence. Hey, this is Tony Azevedo, five-time Olympian. Uh, you're listening to the TX water polo podcast. The Austin College women head to their first ever USA Water Polo Division III Championship beginning on uh, Saturday. I wrote down Friday. That was wrong. It's on Saturday. Um, they take a they have a gaudy 13-7 record. Um, they're taking that to uh, face Skyak runners-up Whittier in their opening match. And the man leading that program is Mark Lawrence. And he's with me via FaceTime right now. How are you doing, Mark? We haven't spoken in some time. Yeah, good, James. Good to be back on. Congratulations. It's been a very good uh, year, so let's catch up a little bit. You, you're you on yeah. a seven-game winning streak. You've won 11 of the last 12. You won the CWPA Division Three Championship convincingly last weekend. Is this what you expected from this team after just four years at, at the head of it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we, well, this is what we were hoping that we would build into. Um, you know, and if we're going back to when, if we look at our conference only, conference play only, we're actually on a 22-game winning streak going back to our seniors' sophomore year right before COVID uh, shut our season down. So um, we, you know, we I consider this to be like a, like a slow build, but what our plan was when our seniors were freshmen and what we thought their potential was, um, especially when we signed that, that second class, we're now juniors, um, this is what we are, this is what the hope was. Um, you know, we weren't, 
we weren't sure what the scores would look like, but we thought we'd be in a position to be winning conference championships or in the conference championship game consistently at this point. So, And there you are. So actually, it's, I was, I'm skipping ahead. I'm looking at my notes, but yeah. it's important to talk about your seniors. Like you, the, yeah. you uh, voiced your affection for that class for obvious reasons. Um, here, here you are. You've got some who are uh, MVPs, some who are first team uh, all conference. Uh, it's it's got to be both gratifying and extremely sad to see them go, even though you have one more tournament. Yeah, it's it's uh, they've been a really amazing group. Um, not just the first group that, that came in year one, but also the addition with Sophie as a transfer, as a sophomore. And um, the overall group has been amazing. So, you know, um, their sophomore year was cut short, so we didn't have All-Americans and conference MVPs or things of that nature. But the last two years, you know, we're looking at back-to-back conference MVP, back-to-back championship tournament MVP, uh, multiple first-team all-conferences, um, you know, back-to-back champions. So... The, the foundation that this group has created in the water has been fantastic, but the foundation they've created in the locker room and the sense of family they've created within the culture and uh, atmosphere, atmosphere of our program has been phenomenal. It's been more than I could have you know fantasized about. So um, we'll be extremely sad to see them go, but they've also done a great job of grooming our younger athletes, um, you know, competing with them in practice on a daily basis and, you know, we have an extremely good group that's ready to uh, con- continue what's what started four years ago. So, um, there there are two games on this regular season schedule that uh, that struck me. They're both losses, but uh, I was struck I by them. Probably know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, one by one to Bucknell in San Diego, yeah. and one to Kalu at their home pool. Um, those to I me, thought you were going to go opposite and talk about our two extremely ugly losses. No, see, you would focus on the <laughs> negative, Mark, and I'm here to talk about the positive because I think well, a one goal loss to Bucknell is quite a, that's a division one program from the east. It's been strong in the past. That's a very respectable uh, finish. And Kalu yeah. is a highly competitive division three program. They're playing in their home pool. Um, yeah. I'm guessing the question is, you know, what's it going to take to to, you know, overcome that one goal maybe ne- a year from now? Well, it was really funny, uh, you know, if you look at each game specifically, um, you know, like that Kalu game, because we had a, a, a winter storm up here, our trip to Brown was canceled earlier this year uh, due to just the weather and not being able to get off the ground with our flights. So that Kalu game was our first game of the entire season. Um, that was our first game in the, you know, in the last 10 months, um, competitive game against, you know, strangers, essentially. And Kalu returned uh, their, ups, their overall best player who was NCAA Division III MVP last year. So um, that was a great way to start our season. You know, I thought our women played extremely well in that game. You know, not not perfect. Lots of lots of things we had to, you know, build off of um, being the first game. But, you know, in that game, we were also missing one of our current starters because they overlapped with swim season. Uh, we were missing one of our most reliable players who we choose to bring off the bench um, to give us greater depth. So, you know, we're looking at our top seven, eight, nine person rotation, um, including our starting lefty. And, you know, we're missing two of those women in that game. So I don't know if they would have made the difference to push us over, but, you know, that game went to the final nine seconds against the defending number one team in the country from last year. So we were really, really happy with how we started our season off. And then with the Bucknell game, yeah, that was just um, just a great game. I think it was a great showcase of what we've developed our program into and how competitive we've been. 
um, on the national level, whether it's Division One, Two, or Three. We don't we don't pay attention to what the different labels are um, because we consider ourselves to be the same the same level. So um, you know, those are two games we're really proud of, and you know, I'll throw a third one in there. You know, we played San Diego State, which is a you know a, a yearly top ten, top fifteen dominant West Coast program, and we were tied at, at halftime. So um, we've had some great, great moments to showcase what we've built and, you know, what we've been able to accomplish. Uh, anybody surprised by you anymore? I mean, let's be honest. So there are occasions when I suspect you showed up to a tournament or whatever. You're playing a team that really doesn't know much about the program. And they yeah. must assume uh, these are pe- these are this is a team from Texas. From where? Like Texas, you know. Uh, yeah. But I suspect at this point you may not uh, have that surprise factor anymore. No, I don't think so. I think last year, uh, last year we were surprising teams to some extent because, you know, you got to remember, you know, our seniors freshman year, we had nine field players. Um, so we were competitive, but we didn't have a huge season that year outside of conference. And then sophomore year got shut down uh, halfway through. So, you know, last year, I think was the year that we kind of surprised people where people took a second look at us and um, started to see us as you know, an equal with the, with the, with the teams in the upper half of, of, of like the Skyac and some of these, um, uh, I don't want to sound rude, but like, like the average division one programs, you know, um, that are, that are uh, very competitive. So, you know, I think last year we, we surprised people, like we went to UOP and, uh, we scored 14 goals in our second, second game against UOP, uh, where, you know, they were focused on one girl and then someone else would step up and play really well. So I think this year, um, Nobody was really surprised by this, which I think is something I'm even more proud of. Like, you know, schools like Bucknell and St. Francis and Wagner, when we played them, uh, uh, Calu, they were they were fully prepared and they understood who our All-Americans were. You know, I think the only surprising element would have been how great our underclassmen played, you know. So, um, but I think this year, I think everyone was pretty much ready for us. And, you know, and I think it showed with uh, some inconsistencies with our scores and, and things of that nature. But you know, overall is, is a great compliment. So, all right, you face Whittier in your opening match. They placed second at the Skyac Championships, the following to Pomona Pitzer. What can you tell us about that team? Um, and uh, you know, I'd love to know how you're going to attack them. You're not going to tell me, uh, but uh, what can you tell us about them and what you're getting prepared um, for? Well, I mean, they're they're extremely good. So we know we're going to be in for an absolute dogfight. Uh, I don't know if I would say we're the underdogs or they're the underdogs. I, I think skill-wise, you could probably, you know, um, sit down and, you know, make a make a pros and cons and come out pretty even. I think we're pretty competitive with each other. Um, the thing that's going to be fascinating and very exciting from a fan's perspective, uh, probably not from my perspective or uh, their coaches, but we're polar opposites as programs, you know, how we play. Um uh, they're very strong, very physical in the half court, a very half court focused. Uh, we like to get out in open space and swim and we have really great outside shooters along with, you know, good two meter players as well. But you know, I think what our strengths and weaknesses are as programs are a little bit opposite, which should make for a fantastic matchup. And, uh, you know, I either way wouldn't surprise me. I, the only thing I know for a fact is it's going to be an extremely competitive game and uh, our ladies are definitely ready, you know. Is it registering on campus that you're that and a team the a team of kangaroos is heading to a national championship tournament? Is that making waves? Uh yeah, absolutely. So 
you know, since I've been here, we've had one program on campus make NCAAs, and that's what that was our women's basketball program. And we've over the four years, we've kind of taken turns of being, you know, the best or one of the best programs on campus. Um, and now the rest of the campus is kind of taken notice, you know, like the non-athletic academic side, um, you know, professors, I didn't even know who they were sending us emails to congratulate us. So the level of support is across campus and excitement's been awesome. But I'll tell you, like, to brag on my kids a little bit, um, my campus is honestly more excited because we have, not only are we going to nationals, but we finished with the highest team GPA on campus. Um, we're going to have the most amount of academic All-Americans, and we have the most amount of National Honor Society members. So I think, and uh, appropriately, our campus is more excited about that and the fact that we have, you know, scholar-athletes who can balance both um, successes together. It's something that you know we're all extremely proud of. So, and good recruiting right there. Very, very well done. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, I wanted to. Your time is limited. You're getting ready to go tomorrow, um, and you've got other stuff going at home. But I wanted yeah. to move on to the men's side real fast. Is yeah. uh, the news came out that? Uh, and by the way, Augustana College was the team that your women beat in the CWP championships. Maybe a yeah. real brief comment about them. That's a first year program. What does that say about the CWPA and the Division Three landscape? Because I mean, I could see it having a couple of different kinds of interpretations. One is that it's it maybe it's you know the the talent may be shifting somewhere else, but you could also just look at it as say, hey, look, if you want to start a new program, you can find success pretty quickly as your program shows as well. Yeah, um, I don't think it's as much as as a reflection on our conference because if you look at our our program, you know, uh, my senior and sophomore year, we lost to. Cal State Monterey and Fresno Pacific both by one goal each. You know, we beat Fresno Pacific this year. So I don't think it's as reflective of our conference to have instant success. I think what you see in our conference um, where we compete with a Skyac, you know, immediately is that we have extremely strong academic schools. Uh, we have a handful of great facilities. Um, we have very strong coaches in our conference, you know, and that's a part of the reason why my women have developed so well. You know, they, they play against Coach Castle multiple times a year. Um, you know, Coach Reed at, uh, McAllister multiple times a year. So they're, they're getting mentally challenged all the time and growing from it. So they, um, you know, us being successful right, right away in August on it this year, I think is just a more of a credit to the support that those schools um, from in like an admin level are giving new programs. It's not just have a team and go get your numbers and we'll give you a t-shirt it's it's shifted to what what do you need to be successful and i think that's a great shift within our sport so um you know we're really happy with our conference and uh we think we have great coaches in our conference so we're not surprised um to see young teams do really well Okay, Augustana uh, and then Washington and Jefferson were named to the uh, were announced as new members of the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation, the MPSF, on the men's yeah. side. For those who don't know what that is, that's the premier I would call it the premier uh, conference in the whole country. That's Stanford, UCLA, uh, USC, and uh, Cal are part of that. Um, so what what was what did you know? Um, about that process that you can share? I mean, has this been something that has been, that, that the conference has been interested in doing in for some time? And these were the two particular schools that they wanted to add? 
So um, it's an awkward, I guess, answer to a long time because we have a brand new commissioner this past academic year. The previous commissioner was interested in growth, and there was a lot of different names from West Coast to East Coast, uh, Division One, Two, and Three that were either thrown thrown out there to reach out to or who had reached out to us as a conference. Um, but in, but we hadn't got to a point of like formulating anything officially because you know COVID happened and obviously shifted the landscape. Um, now with, with our new commissioner, like our focus was to try and get a four team division within the MPSF mm. for, for division three. So explicitly and it wasn't, got it. And, 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 and it wasn't that we were trying to necessarily recruit. There was, it was more so that there was interest. So us and Penn State Barron shared what our experience was like. Um, and now that we've gotten to this point, um, we're really excited because for the first time in my men's program history, we're going to be able to compete for a conference championship. You know, in the MPSF, we're going to have, we're going to name a Division Three conference champion. Uh, Division Three, this is to my understanding, uh, Division Three MVP and a you know all conference team. And it's um, we're still going to have those crossover games with the Pac-12 schools. Uh, us specifically at Austin College, we're still going to play a schedule for our season that's heavily Division One, uh, as far as the, so we could we, we could develop our athletes, but. Um, we're extremely excited now that we're able to increase um, the student athlete experience, you know, and to have more opportunities of, of uh, athletic achievement, you know, within our, our conference. And, you know, this is something that I think all four schools are really excited about, you know, and how we can kind of create this together. And honestly, that really also helped create growth for our sport. Like, you know, so now if teams in Texas are interested at the division three level, they don't have to go join a conference with teams, you know, 2000 miles away, like we're all kind of right there in the Midwest geography, geographically, it works out fairly well for what schools in the country have programs. Um, so I, I it's, it, it's a win win uh, for all of us who are uh, involved with it. So we're really excited about it. I did not realize that that was so explicit, you know, that it was, this, I was going to ask you about that, which was this sort of separation between the D1 and the DV, D3 programs within the conference. That's actually um, big news. So I'll, I'll move on from there. This weekend is high school state championships. I don't know if you're able to actually monitor that in any, in any way now that you're headed out for your own national championship. Yeah, no, we, um, we're, 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 we're in contact with a, with a handful of kids. So we'll be monitoring scores and staying in contact with those athletes uh, you know, current seniors who are already committed or, you know, athletes who are current juniors that we're already in conversations with. So we'll build It's unfortunate, but it's a good problem to have. You know, it's uh, definitely a problem uh, worth it to have the, the, the uh, uh, crossover this weekend date wise. But, um, you know, I'm really excited to uh, see how this weekend for the high school level goes, what kind of momentum it's going to create going into the fall for the first ever official high school academic year and um it's just gonna be really exciting so we'll keep in contact with our uh, recruits and you know the coaches that we're friends with and see how everything goes and wish them all the best uh, real quickly the the session three of jo's is in dallas again this year in north texas yep. i suspect you're going to be there it's just down the road from you um yep. are you going to be there and uh, you know looking at whatever age groups probably 16s and maybe some 18s as well and are you aware of other coaches that are interested in coming to dallas rather than going to california or maybe both yeah i, I think it's more commonly you'll have coaches going to both mm -hmm. um you know, I think what, what I've what I've really noticed in the last four or five years, even going back to the previous institution where I was, um, there's a lot of just really good players 
outside of California. Um, you know, if I put my club coach hat on, I would have been really excited. I used to be, I used to get really excited to go out there and play the West Coast club teams and things of that nature and see how you match up. But from a collegiate coach point of view, like I really enjoy watching the high level programs from Chicago and Grinch and Florida and Texas play each other, you know, um, and there's just there's so many good players outside of uh, Texas, or sorry, outside of California, along with the good players in California. So I'm really excited for it. Uh, I'll definitely be there. I'll try to be at the California one. Um, we're gonna have a, a newborn this summer, so uh-huh. that kind of trumps. big news. That, yeah, so that kind of trumps everything else. <laughs> but we'll do our absolute best for sure to be at both. So that and the fact that uh, the Bay Area, or you were born, actually I was born there too, but I didn't stay yeah. for as long as you, is becoming just ridiculously expensive according to the, my family's. But uh, oh, yeah, that can be overcome. Um, I'm going to let you go. That's Mark Lawrence. He's the CWPA Division Three Championship winner and Coach of the Year. They're headed out to Whittier College uh, or headed to uh, Pomona this weekend to play Whittier College in their opening game. Congratulations on your season and thanks for your time. All right, thanks, James. That's it, Joe. Get some rest. Make sure that uh, you know you're you're uh, <laughs> you're not falling asleep at the tournament this weekend. I'll be good. I'll be good. But like, um, hopefully, we do have another podcast next week. Yeah, you can report on how um, how that all went down there in the University of Houston. All right. That, and we can also hopefully, you know, the Austin College girls kind of have some hardware. So. Championship, championship. You've uh, you've convinced me. They're going to win it all. That's what I heard you say. So I'm I'm holding you to that. Okay. Um, thank you, Joe. All right. Uh, thanks, James. That's it. Thank you all for listening, for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast and the Total Water Polo Podcast. That's coming out today, by the way. Uh, if you want to support us, go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. We thank all of you who've already done so. It's been super helpful. And with that, until next time, so long from Austin.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.